When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dare to Self Care. I'm Jen, lifestyle YouTuber and your host of this podcast, where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self care has played a role in their success. Welcome to our community. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our community. I hope you all had a great week. This might be one of my favorite episodes of all time. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this one. I can't believe that I had Sydney Cummings on the podcast, but I always do this. I jump right in, but we got to start with what was in alignment for me and out of alignment for me this week, and I would love if you guys would reflect on the same. So first of all, my voice is still so raspy because I feel like I have so many plans this summer, like every weekend, that... And then during the week, I'm on podcasts and obviously doing YouTube, and I just feel like I'm constantly using my voice. And I work at Rumble, so I'm like screaming over the music, telling people where their spot number is and asking if they need gloves, and like my voice just has zero time to recover. So get used to it. (laughs) It's not that bad. When I was younger and used to lose my voice all the time, it would like hurt Like in Color War at camp, I would get so upset because I'd be trying to talk and be part of the conversation and it would hurt so badly, but we're not in pain yet, so that's good. Anyway, (laughs) what was in alignment for me this week? Well, I just want to say in terms of what's in alignment for me, overall, I'm really happy right now. Like I just have such a peace about me because I love what I'm doing every day. I love that. Every day is different. I love that I'm moving in with my boyfriend regardless of where we live because that is a touchy subject right now. I'm not too stressed out by like the millions of things on my plate on top of moving because I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now and I'm loving the hustle. So I just have this overall calmness about me, which might be to my detriment because I feel like the week before I move, I'm going to be like, shit, I got nothing done. I have to find storage, I have to find boxes, I have to start purging half of the shit in this apartment, and I'm probably going to freak out. But overall, I just have this overall peace about me, and I'm really happy, so that's great news. Also, this week, I was on a few podcasts, which I love. I love being able to connect with women that I'm not friends with yet, and then like become friends with them and connect with them. It's such a cool part of podcasting where you can have a one-hour in-depth conversation with someone that you've never met before. And I spoke a lot about the true meaning behind self-care to me, which, you know, it's not just about slapping a Band-Aid on yourself like a face mask or a bubble bath, which is sometimes I think what people think of when they think self-care. But to me, it's about doing the work and checking in with yourself, which can sometimes be hard work like therapy or journaling or whatever it might be. But 
we do that so that you can live a more peaceful life and be there for loved ones and be less reactionary. And if you want to hear more about that, definitely listen to Busy Blooming. It should be coming out this week. And then also I was on Girl We Gotta Talk, which is already out. It came out this last week. So I'm definitely going to do a solo episode on that. I think my whole you know brand is about self-care, but I don't know that I've really touched on that part of it where – Self-care can be hard work and it's not just about slapping a band-aid on it and what do, and I think we discussed that especially in this episode with Matt West. I believe it was two episodes ago. We go in depth on that. And then this episode with Sydney Cummings, we definitely talk about doing the hard work just to be able to live a happy life through trauma and grief and how we can still get there and create healthier habits along the way. So that we don't just get stuck in the, oh, this was bad, and then just stay there. That's one thing I spoke about with Sydney Cummings this week that I absolutely loved, which again, we'll get into, but I'm just so excited about it. It keeps coming up. Um, Lastly, on what was in alignment this week, I got a little pampered. I got a haircut. I got my gel nails done. I had a wedding this weekend in the family, so it was nice to have some family time in Long Island. And when things get super overwhelming, it's just really nice to be able to escape to Ethan or my family's house because it's only 30 minutes away. We grew up in the same town, so we both live like 30 minutes out of the city or our families live there. And it's really nice to just have that as an escape. So lots of things in alignment for me this week, although I had trouble coming up with, with what was in alignment for me this week. So it just goes to show, similar to why I love the five-minute journal, You might think that you had the shittiest week, the shittiest day, but there are always amazing things to pull from it if you really check in and find the time to find things to be grateful for. So let's move into dun-dun-dun, what was out of of alignment for me this week. Sometimes when I don't have a voice, I feel like I'm not as articulate and I'm slurring my words because I'm just trying to get through the sentence because I feel like I can't breathe. (laughs) So apologies. All right, so I kind of touched on this before, but I feel like I have plans every single weekend this summer, which is really fun and I love it, but I'm not really able to focus on moving out September 1 in less than a month. I am not sure if I should be selling things, storing things, purging things. Like I just have no idea because during the week I have like 17 jobs to focus on and during the weekend I've had plans. So, and they've been like away for the weekend plans. I'm not talking just like dinner on Saturday night. Like I had so much fun the other weekend in the Hamptons with my friends. This weekend was a family wedding. Next weekend, I'm also going to the Hamptons for a birthday. So they're like full on full weekend activities. And then I have to get home and like somehow wake up on Monday, energize. And it's just a lot. Also, I have these larger business ideas and extra part-time gigs that I can pick up. But I feel like I don't have the mental or physical space right now to take anything else on because there's just a lot to juggle, but it's things that I'm super excited about. I've been trying to develop my website. I want to start offering consultations where I help people get organized as a content creator. Taylor Woods, who is on this podcast, asked me to help her out. I've been helping her like move around her Google Calendar and just get super organized as a content creator because there's so much that goes into the process of even just being on one platform, let alone several. So if you are a content creator and you're interested in that, definitely DM me because like I said, I'm still working on my website and like making it more official and building out the tiers and everything and 
the Calendly link so that I can make sure I'm having a quick link where you can sign up. But if you're listening, there's so much prep that goes into this, but I'm definitely ready to just start taking on people for consultations. So feel free to DM me. But yeah, I just have all of these larger ideas and extra jobs that I can take on. And it's sort of something that I think about over the weekend and get organized for the week throughout relaxing and enjoying friends with, I mean, plans with friends and everything. But Sundays are really my time to do that type of stuff. And I haven't really had that time recently. And anytime that I do have, I really have to dedicate to looking at apartments and such. So there's just a lot going on. And one thing that I've really been upset about is I want to prioritize the podcast. I want to post more on the podcast Instagram page and get these episodes up sooner, but or just like have them prepped sooner rather than waiting till Monday morning or Sunday. And there's just so much going on. And I wish I could hire someone for the podcast to help me, but I don't really have the money for that right now. So here we are. But like I said before, I do have so much peace and I'm loving this hustle and the challenge of hustling and and juggling all of this. So it's all good. I'm loving it. Honestly, I guess the struggle is just I want to take on more and I want to focus on my move and I can't. So not a bad thing to be complaining about. But let's breathe in what was in alignment for us this week and breathe out what was out of alignment for this week and get ready for a new week ahead. (sighs) All right, let's introduce today's guest. If you don't know her, she is Sydney Cummings. She's a NASM certified personal trainer and a fitness nutrition specialist. She is a women's health magazine action hero, and she owns the company Royal Change, which is a fitness and nutrition company online, and it's also in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she lives. She has over 1 million subscribers on YouTube, where she uploads a new workout every single day at 5 a.m. Eastern, and her overall mission is to make fitness accessible to everyone via YouTube. I am so grateful to Sydney for being so open about the struggles in her life because she knows it's helping people. And I really, you know, as a podcast about self-care and someone who likes to go a bit deeper, I really wanted to discuss these things with her. And she was just more open and honest and, and truly helpful than I could have imagined. And I'm so grateful for that and so excited because I think it's really going to help some people out there. So what did we talk about? Let's run through the list. We spoke about the importance of checking in with yourself and also the importance of surrounding yourself with people who lift your energy rather than drain your energy and also choosing your own healthy and happy route in life regardless of where you're from, how your family has coped with grief and trauma, but choosing your own path and how she uses painful experiences as fuel in life. We speak about how fitness allowed her mental and physical strength to recover from gun violence and, you know, being a victim of gun violence while also trying to pursue her dreams and passions, how it sort of threw her off path, but how she got back on track because she knew that her mission was so strong, how she shows up consistently on YouTube every single day through the hard days and her mission to bringing approachable fitness for free to everyone and to work out for strength rather than aesthetics. And also how in the world she comes up with her motivational speeches at the end of every workout. I know when I posted that she was coming on and asked you guys if you had questions for her. Along with me, this was your number one question as well. So we definitely get it answered for you. And before we hop into the episode, I would love it if you have not left a review yet. We have 78 reviews on this podcast and I would love to get to 80. So please, please, please 
take a few seconds to write a review on Apple Podcasts. I would love to feature it on the Instagram and hit 80 reviews. It helps our podcast more than you can imagine, and it helps us grow our community. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening and tuning in every week and supporting the podcast, and enjoy. excited to have you on today. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> you have, you probably get this all the time, but it's so weird because I worked out with you throughout the whole pandemic and now I'm like talking to you in real time and it's just a crazy experience. I know. It's, it's like you see me on TV so much. I always wonder like how many people have, you know, spouses or roommates and they're like, this girl again, like this <laughs> <else> again. <laughs> It's surreal. It's like you've been my personal trainer, but you don't even know it. We've spent yeah. every day together and you oh. have no idea. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I appreciate the uh, honor to be your trainer. Of course. I'm so excited you're here. I have so much to dive into. Actually, on that note, before we dive in, my most viewed YouTube video is me trying out Sydney Cummings for 30 <laughs> days and it has 100,000 plus views. So thank you for your service and for the clicks. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, so let's get right into it with your stop self-care tip that has played a role in your success. Top self-care tip that's played a role in my success, I think is checking in with the energy that I'm surrounded by. I think it's, you know, whatever you believe in, energy, uh, spirit, anything like that. I think it's the things that you allow into what I call like your health bank. So the things that you listen to, the things that you read, the people that you're around. I didn't realize how impactful they were until, you know, moving to a new city, going to college, you get around a new environment and you realize, wow, people and the way that they think and what they do really does impact me or I tend to become those things. So Checking in with the people and the energy and what I'm basically consuming uh, via visual or audio or just environment. Yeah, so being super intentional about what you're spending your time on and what you're taking in. Yes. How do you do that? Are you a journaler? Do you just try to take time to like sit with your thoughts? Like, What's your outlet to sort of check in with yourself on these things? I, it differs every day, I guess, which I'm sure a lot of people that are, you know, entrepreneurs like us can say it's just yeah. different every day, depending on what you're around and what's going on. Uh, I'm not necessarily a journaler, but I, I have a, I'll give myself credit on the fact that I do tend to check in with where my mind is a lot. Uh, I've gone through a lot in the past seven years, um, losing my brother and victim of gun violence, moving to a new city and just having a lot of things shift. I had to really kind of establish an internal conversation with myself to make sure that what I was doing was, number one, making me happy and making me the best version of myself. So I do tend to, I think, check in a lot on myself throughout the day. Like, where's my mind going? Um, what, what do I need right now? What would help me? Am I in a good place with what I'm consuming or like how I'm handling stressful situations? So I think it's just constant check-ins. And I don't know that anyone's ever taught me that. I think I just established it through kind of resilience through getting through things. Right. It's kind of like a survival tool or a management tool to sort of manage your emotions and try to be sure that you're not going to get into unhealthy because it's so easy to go into a place of 
unhealthy habits, addiction, eating, when we're faced with challenges and trauma and just not understanding how to manage our emotions. Right. So I think that's a really great also message that you're spreading that you can go through grief, Mm -hmm. trauma, and you can find not necessarily solutions or like a quick fix, but a way to manage those emotions and and survive in a healthy and still have like a happy way of life as well. Yeah, exactly. It's not that we won't go through things. It's just when we go through things, we develop these tools that we keep in our tool belt moving forward. You're moving forward, excuse me. You'll know, okay, I've dealt with something similar before. How did I cope? Maybe it was great, maybe it wasn't so great. And I want to make sure that I'm moving forward in a way that says, let's handle this in a way that keeps us going in terms of happy, healthy, strong is always kind of the mantra that I repeat and mentally, physically, emotionally, all those things, you kind of have to remember to check in on on number one when you're going through things because it can be a lot of environmental um, influx, I guess. Yeah. And are these all things that just come naturally to you through life experience and through resilience? Or have you sort of worked through either in therapy or maybe it is fitness that sort of been that, you know, way for you to check in and come up like come to these conclusions because it's so easy for us to distract ourselves Mm. but it sounds like you really have taken the time to understand resilience and understand Mm. sort of how you can get yourself to a better place so where do you think that comes from for you I guess it is just natural or um, situational based on what you've been through Um, i my parents and um, my fiance Dustin's parent or his mom specifically both struggle with depression. And so I see that a lot. I see how extreme it can be, Uh, you know, losing my brother, my parents lost a son. So I see how much you can sink into uh, this kind of mentality of like life is hard every day. Life is terrible. Life is really rough. And not that I'm putting blame on them, but I, I know for myself, I don't want to move forward in a way that I can't still have a a perfectly, not perfect, nothing's perfect, but I can't still have a completely fulfilled and purposeful life that I enjoy along the way in spite of or, you know, through things that are tough. So I guess seeing it on both ends of the spectrum, I guess I've always been kind of an eternal optimist and just maybe sometimes annoyingly full of gratitude (laughs) for everything that's happening. You know, I'm, I'm that potentially annoying person that's like, oh, the bucket fell over. We lost all the water. And I'm like, well, at least the bucket didn't break. You know, like sometimes that's annoying, but it does help me a lot. It helps me not get sucked into um, the victim mentality that I could easily go into, you know, and I think that's something we have a little bit more control over than we realize. But until we until we practice it and pull it out, it doesn't tend to just like pop up instantly. So I really relate with you and your story in terms of seeing people close to you, not being able to either take care of themselves or Mm -hmm. snap out of it, so to speak. You know, when you want someone close to you so bad, you kind of just want to shake them and be like, just take care of yourself. Just be, you know, just be grateful for this. And absolutely. And I think seeing that firsthand, especially to the people closest to you, allows you to take your experiences and be like, I see how it's negatively impacted the people around me. And I so badly would rather them grow and learn from it. So that's yeah. what I'm going to do because I see the pain that they experience and I don't want to carry that pain and suffering with me. So right. I really completely relate and understand 
where you're coming from with that. And that's where the Mm -hmm. gratitude also comes in. I'm sure you agree because you're an eternal optimist. Like (laughs) it's so easy. It would be so easy for us to resent people close to us or to take on that pain. But instead I try to change my mindset when I find myself in that place of like, honestly, thank God I'm seeing this firsthand Mm -hmm. because it's allowed me to become a better version of myself. And it's allowed me to understand the importance of you know, taking care of yourself so that you can take care of other people. And it sounds like you've had a very similar experience. So I totally, totally resonate with that. Definitely. And I never really grew up with, uh, you know, watching anyone have a relationship with their, their health and their self and, you know, checking in and doing things and saying like, this makes me feel good or like working out or eating well. So it's something I had to learn. So, you know, for your listeners, it's not impossible, even if you didn't grow up with eternal optimists or people that are super into fitness or business or whatever it might be. I didn't grow up with any of that. So, you know, both of us can sit here and say today, we see what it's like on both ends of the spectrum where you're super involved and you're super informed and you see those examples. And then you also have this opportunity and the blessing of, I know what both sides look like and I want to choose my, um, my route or the thing that I'm going to go forward with. And, and it doesn't matter what you've come from, you still have the opportunity to shape your future. Absolutely. And I think that also comes from, you know, wanting to try to find, sorry, the sirens are crazy in New York, but if I stopped every time that they went off, we would be here for three hours. Yeah, I couldn't even hear them. <laughs> oh, really? No. Great microphone. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think it also comes from you know, wanting to almost when you're younger, find a solution for the people closest to you. And you're like, well, you could be doing this. And so it's almost like you're seeking things out for someone else. And then you realize like, oh, well, now I can put it into practice because I know. And I don't know if you can relate with this, but sometimes I would like take certain habits on or do certain things that I know would make them feel better so that they could see by example. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then I just adapted it myself. So yeah. I think that's really it's it's also just so interesting how you can relate with so many people online. Oh yeah. Without you know what I mean and like you're so authentically out there and mm. I do want to talk about your TED Talk actually because mm. I obviously learned about your story through the TED Talk and I feel like I got to know you're very vulnerable even in your fitness videos which we'll get to because yeah. I think <laughs> it's really hard to like inject your own personality and personal experience <laughs> into a fitness video, but you do it so effortlessly. Oh, thank but you, you talk, of course, but you talk about in your TED talk how you were a victim of gun violence. And I want to, I mean, we're already talking about it, but mm. how do you use painful experiences as fuel? And how are you, were you into fitness before that? Or was fitness something that you sort of took on after as like, I want to get stronger. I'm not going to let this bring me down. Yeah, I've been a lifelong athlete. So I went to college on a track and field scholarship at West Virginia University, uh, graduated from college, thankfully not having any injuries. So I got a really great four-year career, um, qualified for national championships, first round of that for the last three years. So that is kind of essentially who I am. Like the athletic strength component kind of came in college when we had to do strength and conditioning and lifting. Uh, and I, I had never done any of that before. I just would run and, you know, jump hurdles, jump over the high jump bar in high school because our, 
our facilities at my school were not great. They didn't have a lifting program for girls. I didn't even really let girls in the like football lifting area. So I didn't have any experience there. And I think all these things that kind of ricochet into like, I can relate to you. I can relate to people that are at all ends of the like beginner and also advanced stages of their fitness journey. Um, I didn't have any experience going into a full scholarship division one college program with lifting weights. And so I had to learn from the ground up. And I was one of those girls on the team. It's like, oh, you know, we do pull-ups again. Like Sydney needs a band. Sydney needs some assistance. And everything was that for like the first year. So I think that and the shooting helped me relate as a trainer so much more uh, deeply or genuinely to people that are just starting in their fitness journey. So lifelong athlete, graduated college, uh, went back to school to go to uh, nursing school to be a nurse anesthetist. And when I, in between summers of my first and second year, uh, I actually got laid off from my job and I was putting myself through nursing school because I didn't have that track, track scholarship anymore. So got laid off from my job and my boyfriend at the time, now fiance, moved down to Charlotte to further his finance career. And he was working out at a gym, was close with the gym manager. And the gym manager said, you know, bring her down here. If she's this incredible athlete that you say she is, I can definitely make her a personal trainer for the summer until she goes back to school. And you could probably guess I didn't go back to nursing school, just <laughs> fell in love with, you know, the fitness lifestyle and the way that Charlotte embraces fitness was something I had never seen before in West Virginia. Uh, they they definitely need it there, but it's not as desired, unfortunately, yet. And I hope that changes soon. But uh, the way Charlotte embraced fitness and the way that I was able to then flip the script and be the trainer instead of being trained, uh, it was just so fulfilling to me. So I moved here in 2014, and the shooting happened in 2018 when I was doing in-person personal training boot camps. My brother passed away in 2017, and that's kind of when I flipped and said, like, I need to make a bigger impact in my life. If this were my last day, could I say, like, I've left a legacy? And for me, the answer was no at that point. So that's when we flipped into um, putting the workouts on YouTube and making them accessible to everyone all over the world, no cost, uh, because I came from that background of not necessarily being able to afford or being super close to or having a ton of options for fitness and, you know, a personal trainer. So we kept them free, put them on YouTube every day. And then about a year, that was about six months after we started that, um, that's when the shooting happened. And that was another one of those examples where, you know, I was leaving the studio. It, it was, they called it a crime of opportunity. There was no reason for it whatsoever. They didn't, you know, try to harm us other than shooting. Like they didn't try to take our bags or anything like that. It was just don't move. And they started shooting. So in that situation, I think, and in a lot of life situations, you have the opportunity to look at it one of two ways. Like, woe is me. My life is so sad. Like, this is really hard. How am I ever going to move on? Thinking forward about all the, the ways that I'm scared of the dark outside now and just being alone in the city. You know, you could definitely go down that avenue, but I knew if I was going to continue this journey of fulfilling uh, my passion and leaving a legacy, I couldn't let something senseless like that strip that away from me. So I, the rebuilding process was something mentally and physically. I just kind of continued in the, uh, this is what I have right now, and it's the best I've got, and I don't feel balanced. I don't feel super 
you know, confident going outside yet, but I'm going to take it day by day. And I'm going to make sure that I'm paying attention to where my mind goes. Uh, I'm going to stay patient as hard as it is in this recovery physically because I had never had an injury before. And just pushing through that mentally, uh, I can relate to people with injuries now. I can relate to people with uh, just coming back from something, illness, you know, pregnancies, whatever it might be, to a grander scale. I can relate to like the comeback story. And how do you turn that into something that's your fuel? Uh, I think you just appreciate that it's making you stronger for what is to come. Uh, I've always been a big fan of like using what you've come through to teach you and coach you on how to get through what you're going to get through in the future. Uh, with losing my brother in 2017, I never realized how many people had lost siblings until I went through that. And they were there to just say, I know how you feel. You know, that didn't, it didn't take the pain away, but it helped making sure that I didn't feel alone or I didn't feel so isolated. And I think of the shooting in that way. It helped make me a better trainer. It helped uh, remind me of how precious life is. It helped me be extremely grateful for just life in general and not, you know, not take that for granted every day because that there was so much along the way that, you know, not standing on one of your feet for four months will get aggravating. You know, taking a shower without sitting on a stool is aggravating. So just like those little things that you don't even think about, like being blessed to do all of our normal mundane things that really helped me flip into just gratitude. And I'm so thankful to be able to show that comeback story to everyone on YouTube to show it's possible and to show that it's not something that has to stop you when you go through things or when life presents you with these things that are just kind of like tragic and, and life altering. Yeah, you keep using the words like helped, grateful, allowed me to relate. And, mm -hmm. and I think it just shows the power of mindset. You yeah. could think of it in so many different ways. You could have such a tr more tragic vocabulary around what happened to you, mm -hmm. but instead because you're choosing to have, and I'm sure it took a lot of time and I, yeah. you know, it wasn't just like, oh, the next morning you woke up and you're like, I'm so grateful this happened. Like right. obviously not, no. but it's the power of mindset and working on shifting your mindset to look at all these people I can relate to now. And thank God I can now stand on my two feet and still work out and do this for a living and yeah. bring this to the masses. So right. I think it, you're a true testament also like to strength because I, I, yeah. I truly do think because you valued fitness and building your strength for so long, I really do think it translates into mental strength because sometimes oh, yeah. like I'll take a simple example, like holding a plank when you really want to give up on a plank and you're like, mm -hmm. you could go one or two ways. You could think like, oh my God, I can't do this and give up. Right. Or you can be like, sometimes I think if I can just hold this for another 30 seconds like mm -hmm. if I can be strong in this moment physically, whatever yeah. the next life challenge that comes my way, like I will be able to get through it mentally as well because it's like strengthening your body and your mind truly. So I really believe that like what you went through is a true testament of strength in general and how also like being physically healthy probably allowed you to recover mm -hmm. much easier than it would have to someone who wasn't as physically healthy and strong as you were. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it is the mindset though of like, this is what I've got right now. And, you know, there was a bit of, to hit back on what you said initially, there were for sure was a bit of anger of, you know, not necessarily like heartbreak, but just confusion on 
why that happened, you know, and going through things like that in the moment, you're like, I didn't deserve this. There's no reason for it. They don't care about what I'm trying to do. You know, the shooters didn't care about me trying to provide the most free fitness to everyone in the world. They were just like, here's, here's an opportunity to do something crazy at night or something. I don't know. But for sure, there's that evolution of like, ah, oh, this is really bad. This is terrible. I didn't deserve this. I don't like how I feel. Uh, and to the physical aspect, like me kind of grieving almost like the athlete that had never been injured and I never had any balance issues and I never had like a lost feeling in my foot. It was kind of like, oh, I'm new now in terms of fitness and I'd never been there before. So there's definitely a, a swing of when things happen to like how you get through them. And I think I think people sometimes stop at like, this happened to me, this is bad, and they stop there and they don't realize like they there's a swing for you to take advantage of as you come through that, that you've got to kind of like grab onto the rope and go for it and just say like, I still have a future. I still have a life. I still can make this, everything I'm looking forward ahead to what I want. And it doesn't have yeah. to stop at like, ooh, this was bad for me, you know? So yeah, it's mental and physical strength are so closely intertwined. Yeah, I think that's a really great analogy too, the swing and like mm. some people just stop here. Yeah. It also reminds me of another not analogy, but graphic I saw the other day about grief. And it's like, so let's say the symbol of grief is a little circle and then you're a bubble around it mm -hmm. or next to it. And then grief years down the line, you, the bubble grows around it. So the whole idea of it is mm -hmm. like, you don't outgrow grief, you grow with and around it. Yeah. And I think you're a true Honestly, I don't want to say role model because everyone can handle grief in their own way. It's going to look different yeah. for everyone. Yeah, but definitely. I I think that you're a true testament to that theory of like growing around and with your grief. It's not going to go away, but you've used it as inspiration, as gratitude for your own life. Yeah. And I think it comes through also in your messaging during and at the end specifically of all of your videos. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Like you said, everyone gets through it differently, and there's not a right way to do it. There's, I mean, you could hold on to anger for a lot longer than I did. You could hold on to being afraid a lot longer than I did. You could snap into joy and gratitude a lot sooner than I did. There's no right way to do it. So I think that's important to to say here, and I'm glad we're talking about that because everyone gets through things differently, you know, and someone can tell you like, all right, it's time to get over it now, but it's maybe not your time to get over it yet or you're working on how you're going to get through that. So I do think you can for sure grow through grief. Um, I think you're a different person after going through grief or going through tragedy or whatever it might be. And I think the hardest part, especially if you're not great with change, is accepting that that's your new normal or that's your new version of yourself. And, and you kind of get to shape who that new person is. But change is hard for people. And in all situations in life, you know, people don't like to change or accept that life has been altered from what it used to be. Um, so that's something to think about too. I guess just like a, a thought there that change is sometimes uh, unavoidable, but when we're going through things, change is the only constant in life. It's always going to right. throw you curveballs. So we can move forward. We can get through it. We can absolutely take control of how we view uh, the rest of our life. Yeah. And I'm curious also, as we're talking about this, how your relationship with fitness changed during that time because 
it sounds like, you know, you were always an athlete. Fitness was like your thing. You felt super strong and you were good at it, right? So then when you're having to like build back that strength and it's no longer an easy, natural thing Mm -hmm. for you anymore, how did – was fitness at that time a place where you could, you know, zone out and was it still like that Mm – almost meditative like fueling place for you or did it take a minute to come back to that because obviously like you had to build back your strength and you couldn't even stand on two feet for a while yeah it was definitely not that at the beginning it was not meditative it was not therapy it was not um my escape like it is now Mm -hmm. um it was for sure just me wanting to I guess me wanting to show the story and show people that it's possible more so than anything. It wasn't comfortable. Like everything I did, I had to think about it. And that wasn't what I ever had to do. Everything that I did, I had to stop and think like, okay, you're less balanced here. So kind of brace yourself and you can't feel your foot on this side. So make sure you're, you're not flexing your ankle too much. Make sure you're not rolling off to the side too much. Um, One of my legs was a lot stronger than the other and just understanding and appreciating biomechanics. I tried to make sure I wasn't shifting to the strong side all the time or, you know, going in terms of like dorsiflexion, plantar flexion. I hadn't had the ability to flex too much throughout the past four months in my ankle. So it wasn't meditative. It wasn't great. It wasn't enjoyable. Right. Uh, but it was just, I knew that I wanted to to show that comeback story to help people see that it's possible. And for me, I never thought I'm, I'm done with fitness. Like this is it for me. So I knew that that was an essential part of getting back to the point where it was meditative. And I didn't have to think so much about every single move that I did and just getting into the flow of my strength. I, my constant message for myself was, um, work for your strong. And I just wanted to feel strong again. I didn't want to feel like, Oh, I I have, you know, this muscle tone in my leg or my abs are ripped or my arms or whatever. I didn't have any aesthetic goals. It was just work for your strong. I want to feel strong again. I want to feel in control of my movements. I want it to be a flow to where I feel okay doing this move and okay doing this move. And I I think sometimes the message of fitness is like you get into it, you're going to love it. Like it's going to be great. It's going to be therapeutic immediately. And it's not the case for everyone. So uh, especially if you're starting new in fitness, if you're starting off with someone that's more experienced than you and you tend to compare yourself like why is it so natural for her or him and it's not for me so there there is a a journey there for everyone that's new in fitness or everyone that's coming back to fitness it'll get to a place where it is something positive for you but to say that it is right out of the gate not always Uh, it doesn't always feel great and even on the days when or in the time when you do feel strong and in your flow and in control of your body, there's still going to be days where it doesn't feel good, where you don't want to do that workout or you want to do something else or you want to do nothing at all. But I think once you get to that place where you know it always does make you feel better afterwards, uh, that's kind of what you work for. Yeah. And I think it allows you specifically to be so, for such a challenging workout, like you have a hit weightlifting type of program and workout. Mm -hmm. It's not like yoga. It's a very challenging, high intensity workout, but you come at it from such an approachable, relatable way where it's like also welcoming Mm. and you're very good about form. And that must be like, obviously you were a personal trainer, but I'm sure even more so now after what you experienced, Mm -hmm. you're so hyper aware of form and how like one little movement can feel uncomfortable. And sometimes you'll even say like, 
my foot is throbbing right now, but I'm going to keep going and you guys are too. And yeah. I think so instead of just like pretending you are like Hulk, you're, yeah, yeah. you're very open about it. And you mentioned, you know, not every day is going to feel great, but you post your workouts every single day. So yeah. how do you show up fully every single day? Like you are probably the most consistent person on YouTube. Yeah. And I, I just, I was working out six days a week before starting the channel anyways. So we do six workouts and a stretch on Sunday or your rest day, whenever that might be. Um, but I was doing that already before uh, we started the channel. And in the beginning, it was just kind of a thought to like, well, I'm doing this anyway. So why not film it? Why not put it on YouTube to help other people get through it? So um, yeah, I think we're at like 40 consecutive months of every single day there's an upload and it gets for sure it gets tough like anyone who's trying to do something that's outside of the mold or hasn't been done before in in my space in the fitness space it's tough for sure um there are a hundred million days where I'm like oh I don't want to I don't I don't want to perform but at like five minutes in I'm fine and and I know that it's serving a bigger purpose than myself it's serving a bigger purpose than just me you know being tired and I'm trying to really change the game in fitness for the way people view their bodies and and fitness in general and their relationship with that. I think there's been just so many, not channels necessarily, but just messaging in the eras of fitness where it's all about aesthetics. It's all about, you know, booty burning, fat burning, whatever, um, burn this number of calories. And I've even gone through that evolution myself where I thought, okay, this will be informative. I'll put you know, fat burning hit workout. And then I'll talk about how your body can actually burn fat. It's not just in this workout, but, and I know that that's there. And I know that companies have to, you know, kind of get their faces in front of people, but I'm just trying to make sure that the fitness industry doesn't turn into something for everyone, that it just has to be about aesthetics and we'll switch formats. We'll switch, you know, upper body, lower body, cardio, everything is included in the programming, which I spend a lot of time on just making sure that it, it makes sense for people. But my, my consistent message is that this is a, a legacy for people who are working out in front of their kids who don't need to hear like, come on, pick up your booty, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like I want people to feel that it's okay to really work for strength and it should be something that we focus on and things will come as we get there, as we work hard for our strength or we push intensely in a hit workout. You know, it's not all about aesthetics or or punishing your body or changing, you know, this part of your body, this part of your body or whatever part you might be, you know, pointing at or thinking about right now. Uh, it's also just about the strength that you build physically and mentally to approach life in a way that is more confident, that is more health centered. And I just, I want to continue to show that to people and, and be an example for up and coming trainers or athletes or young girls, or young guys who are just trying to figure out what is fitness and why do people like it? Yeah, I think your miss- your mission is so clear and that's clearly what gets you in the studio mm-hmm. live or not live, but what you record like an hour before or something, right? Or the night before? The day before, yeah. The day before, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I feel like you also bring your whatever you are feeling that day to your video. So kind mm-hmm. of like we were talking about before, like if you are feeling super tired, I feel like it almost gives you inspiration to talk to those out there who are also probably feeling that same way that day. And yeah. it comes through in your messaging, which is 
Something I wanted to ask you about was like the number one question that I had when I knew I was having you on the podcast and other people who I said, I'm having Cindy Cummings on the podcast. Do you have any questions? (laughs) This is like the number one question for you. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So your motivational speeches basically at the end of every workout, it's during and after the stretch. Yeah. Do these come like naturally to you? Do you plan it? Like, okay, what is the message I want to get across today at the end of the video? Is there a theme of every video? Like, how do you come up with these speeches? <laughs> I, I don't know. They're not planned. <laughs> They're not uh, scripted. They're not uh, themed at all. It's just, here's what I'm feeling. And also here's what I see people saying in the YouTube comments or in the Sydney squad, my community membership or on Instagram, Facebook, whatever it might be. I don't plan them out. I just look and see what are people saying about themselves? What are people saying when they experience days where their motivation is gone? And how do people, I'm really big into like the way that people think about themselves. And I, I know that everyone is different. And that's the beauty of us is everyone is so different in what they've gone through, what they're going through now, where they've been, where they're at, et cetera. Everyone's different. But universally, we all have some common trends to where there's struggle, adversity, resilience. There is the idea that like every day is not great, but we can get through it and make it the best we can. So I'm, I'm never planning them out. It's just I know that for me, just I mean, I'm a normal human as well, just working out right along with everyone else and everyone that I see talking about, you know, I don't feel great about this part of my body, or I feel so ashamed that I took a day off, or I hate that I'm thinking about a new challenge in this way. I just, I listen, I guess, a lot to, or read, I guess is more appropriately put, uh, but I read a lot of what people say and what they think about themselves. Because I think that's, that's something that is one of the biggest essential parts of our life is just how we think about our own self. You know, people will Like I mentioned earlier, we have energies that are around us of what we're reading, what we're watching, who we're around. And I think sometimes that can pour over into who we think we are. So I constantly try to get people to think about themselves in a positive way and and go back to those pillars of happiness, health, and strength. And I don't plan the, the talks. I just know what people are saying and what they're saying about themselves and what they may be going through. And that also comes from kind of wanting to be like the fitness vlog of YouTube, like the daily vlog-ish. Initially, I thought all the workouts needed to be like, you know, you start here and it's really perfect and you don't look tired and you don't trip over your mat, you don't spill your water everywhere, you don't dump it down your face in the middle of the workout and then you end the workout and say like, bye, see you later. And the more I was kind of starting to open up a little bit more into myself and uh, you know, fitness is fitness, but the way that I present it, I hope is unique to me. And same thing with every fitness creator. It's it's unique in how you present it and the energy or motivation or, you know, accompanying assets that you bring can set you apart from the next trainer. So the more I started to kind of be real and like, oh, just tripped over my mat. Oh gosh, drop the dumbbell on my toe. You know, people started to appreciate that and it helped them feel not so alone and like being really tired at this point in the workout and the the post workout talks just initially started off very short and now they're pretty lengthy <laughs> don't know why <laughs> but i'm not great at being brief but i think it just i just really want people to enjoy their life and i really want people to value those happy healthy strong core components of who they are and i, I don't know it started off 
short and now it's very long. And now it's something that I'm really excited that people look forward to kind of like a little endorphin rush therapy session and like now go crush the day. So yeah, I'm so glad that people appreciate them. I love it. I also love that it's long because I love a podcast. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm cleaning up my mat and putting the weights away and everything, I'm still listening to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to just like sit there and be like, oh, this video is so long. It's like, no, I'm listening. I'm cleaning up. I'm stretching a little more. Yeah. And that's awesome. It yeah, and it feels so natural. So I'm so glad that you said it was. It yeah, feels it is. It feels so so natural, and and it makes sense. It's just like a chance for you to actually talk to your community. Because like I said yeah. before, a lot of fitness people on YouTube are just offering the workouts, kind of like what you were just mentioning, and don't really get a chance to connect. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're really seizing the opportunity of like, okay, I'm actually going to read the comments. I have my Facebook group. How can I? engage with this community and actually bring value because it all goes back to your mission. And I just think it is all so clear. And I mean, let's just talk a little about YouTube then because now that we're, well, actually one last question before we get into YouTube that popped into my head while you were talking, you've mentioned a few times being very intentional with like what content you're consuming, your environment. Can you give some examples of like content or any other example of something that you welcome into your environment and your space mm-hmm. because it's benefiting you just to give some like examples of what, you know, you don't have to say like, oh, I unfollowed this person, <laughs> but oh, yeah. some examples like, do you unfollow people on social media? Do you watch, you know, do you listen to podcasts instead of watching TV? Like what are some examples? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not about like the unfollow, you know, I, no negativity here. What what I yes. tend to make sure of is that people that I am consuming content from are people that I pull something from them that I want to pull into myself. Uh, and it's different every day. Like I said earlier, like the entrepreneur mindset is like some days you need a little like soul care and some days you need a little like business motivation and some days you need, you know, whatever it might be. But I make sure that the people that I'm listening to and Uh, It's either sometimes podcasts, but a lot of uh, just social media in general, YouTube in general. I just make sure that people that I'm watching are not those people like we mentioned earlier, like the canceling everything like, oh, we should hate this person or, you know, we should complain about this or gossip about this. Like I just I don't after going through something where you like you lose your brother and you almost lose your life in one year, you just don't care about drama. Uh, or I personally don't, I should say, I just, I don't care about people talking down about other people or getting worked up and having like a heated controversy. It's just not my jam. So I just tend to watch people that I look at something in them and I'm like, I like that they do that. I love that, you know, this girl started from nothing and now she owns a clothing line. And then the way she shows the things that she does is so natural. And I love that this guy is relating to people. And I love that he's, you know, in the business world, really showing people how to make sure that they prioritize um, the growth and the community of their company. And it's, it's different every day, but I think the messaging that you should be consuming is not one that is uh, full of controversy, full of stress, full of gossip, full of comparison, full of like, Oh, you know, is this person crazy? And all these clickbait titles of like, you know, all the the media outlets that want you to click on their things. And also just like a, a numb consumption of, everyone's content is also pretty dangerous too. Like you get in the habit of just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. 
And then you start to think like, I've done nothing for the past hour that contributes to my wellness <laughs> or contributes yeah. to my happiness. Or I could say like the past hour of my life, I, I don't know what it was even for, you know, and I go back to like gratitude for life all the time, but there's so much value in the minutes and like the present that we have. And sometimes you do need that like mindless consumption of some kind of TV that you don't have to sit and be motivated by. But also a lot of times I think we just get into this thing of like consuming, consuming. And like how often do we just catch ourselves like scroll, 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 scroll. And then you look back and like nothing that you looked at you can even remember or you are happier for scrolling for that long. So big fan of music also like high energy music. Uh, hip-hop music gets me going. Um, what else? I try to think of, I think it's just making sure that you're not numb and consuming content and and you're also not consuming all the time. Sometimes you're creating and sometimes you're thinking about what's uh, something cool that I could do in the future. What do I want this business or this relationship or this life to turn into? Um, don't consume all the time either. Also, just be present and be thinking about what can I create? We're all creative in different ways. Uh, Maybe it's cooking, maybe it's podcasting, maybe it's fitness, maybe it's painting, music, you know, create more than you consume. And I think you'll, you'll start to appreciate your own self a little bit more in that process too. Yeah. I don't know if you are into spirituality or manifestation at all, but it, it's reminds me of this idea of expanders. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't. So it's this idea of like, instead of the comparison game, if you see someone who has what you want or is having, you know, the job that you want or whatever it may be, look at them like, ooh. Sorry. <laughs> it's my dog. Sorry about that. So cute. Sounded like a, a scream. I was I like, know. what's happening? It's like a pure scream at this point. It's a Sorry. scream. <laughs> no, it's so cute. Um, anyway, the idea of an expander is looking at someone instead of being like, oh, you know, I could do it better or something like that, or like just feeling down on yourself because you wish you had what they have. Yeah. It's instead shifting your mindset to like, I'm going to keep consuming their content because like, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. And like, it's like they're making room for their other people are paving the way for you to do a similar mm-hmm. thing. They're showing you that you can do it and expanding your horizon. So it yeah. sounds like you, you sort of take that, that perspective as well, rather than playing the comparison game yeah and there's enough room for everyone to like be great so why not be inspired by people instead of you know saying like well it must be nice or like well yeah they can only do that because of this like there's plenty of room for you to grow on your own in whatever way that is and you know everyone that's accomplished anything has worked hard for it if it's you know worth being proud of it's something that you've worked hard for so in the fitness area I think it's very very common to see people comparing themselves. And I just, I don't want to say, you know, competition is always unhealthy because sometimes it can be pretty healthy if you're using it in a way that says I can because he or she did too. So I think there, there is a a kind of like you talked about expansion mindset of like, oh, they're doing it. Like I want to step my game up and I want to do it too. I can do it. If she can, he can, I can too. So I love that. Yeah. I hope other people adopt that instead of the, the like those toxic words of like skinnier or fitter or you know leaner whatever just be your best self yeah absolutely especially on the internet when you're trying to do something you know like you and I have our platforms on the internet and mm-hmm. it's not like this this company with four positions open it's 
it's the internet is a never ending hole. There's room for literally everyone. I can follow as many people as I want. I can subscribe to you and that other person. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So there's room for everyone, which, which kind of leads me into talking about YouTube a bit before we go into the ending segment. I just want to selfishly and then also for anyone else out there who is, you know, trying to either start a YouTube channel or is on YouTube. I'm curious what your team looks like because you have, it looks like you have like a full on production going on on YouTube. (laughs) So I'm curious, like, I guess all the moving parts that go into that, especially with a fitness channel. Yeah, it's just for the YouTube channel. It's just uh, my fiance, Dustin and myself. Wow. That's, you know, I do obviously the fitness programming and, you know, planning the programs ahead, planning the workouts ahead, the filming, um, the modifications, of course. And then he films it all, um, edits the the main part of the video with the music and the outros and the intros and the lower thirds and all that stuff. Um, and then I kind of come in after he's done with his job and place the modifications where they match up over top of the actual exercise and then we edit or then we export and upload the night before. And normally it's right now it's pretty late, unfortunately. Uh, but then we just schedule it to go up at 5 a.m. Eastern and then start again the next day. So it's just the two of us uh, filming, editing, production, fitness programming, all of that stuff. It's just us and thumbnails. Dustin does the thumbnails as well. It looks like a full on production company <laughs> is helping you. That is incredible, which just goes to show you're right. Anyone who is successful has worked really hard. Yeah, for sure. How do you find it working with your significant other, especially on such deadlines? I mean, I'm sure you guys are a well-oiled machine at this point, Yeah. but how has it been, you know, working in such a like every day, got to get this video up the next day environment? Are you guys just like totally seamless at this point? I think it's, yeah, I mean, like you said, we're pretty much a well-oiled machine now. Like, we know what has to get done. We know ideally when we would like to have it done by, you know, things happen every day. But uh, we, we're we pretty great about, like, he's my best friend. And I think that we started this together because we both were passionate about the mission of the company. You know, for a while, I was just personal training in person. He was doing freelance photography and videography after he left his CPA job to kind of, like, explore that avenue and get better at something he was really great at. Uh, and for a while we didn't, uh, join forces. And the more we kind of worked together, like I would have, uh, say I needed like pictures for Instagram or something, he would help me market myself. And then he would need some type of like person or fit model for companies or work that he was doing. So eventually we kind of started working together and we knew that like someday we're going to turn this into something where we don't have to work for other people and we can just grow something together. But I mean, we started with a white paper backdrop in our living room and we moved all of our couches and our chairs downstairs into our bedroom. And we, we did that for a long time until we could, you know, say someone paid us to do like some type of commercial for a fitness equipment or something. We would reinvest that back into, Oh, let's get maybe a better microphone or a better light or something like that. And it's been a constant reinvest, reinvest, work really hard. Um, I did, we did fitness demonstration videos for a bunch of companies for a while where we would take like a resistance band and show you four exercises to do with that. And we did that for a lot of companies. And every time we would do that, we would reinvest in our equipment and in ourselves. And we eventually got to the point where we could build a a wood stage, like a cyclorama stage in our studio 
And it's just been a constant, like, let's just focus on growth. And it's not about anything for us other than helping more people every single day. And yeah, sometimes there are, you know, tiffs where we're like, one of us is really tired or we're both really tired and we're yeah. like, uh, you know, we, we start being just real people and saying like, we've got to focus back in on the mission here. And that's something we both share. So that's easy to come back to when, you know, life is stressful relationship. Like we're planning a wedding that's in like 10 days right now. So that's oh super stressful. <laughs> so it's Congratulations. just like, thank you. Thank you. So it's, it's been beyond a blessing to be able to work with him. And I think we both are so different that we help the other one kind of appreciate what they're great at. And we hone in on those skills and then we come together to bring, you know, the best product that we can for everyone. Yeah, that's incredible. And it, it definitely goes back to having the same mission because it's mm -hmm. not just like, oh, he's into videography. It's like, no, right. you both share the larger mission. So that must right. really help and bring you guys closer at the end of the day too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I like to ask every single YouTuber that comes on for mm -hmm. one mindset tip for YouTubers and then one like growth SEO type of tip for YouTubers. Mindset tip for YouTubers. Oh, that's tough. I think it's different for everyone. Um, depends on what makes you click, what makes you go, what makes you turn, you know, what makes you get hype about what you're doing. I think the number one thing that I try to keep going back to is, am I providing the best value to people that I possibly can? Um, it's super easy to get wrapped up in, in comparison or the clickbaity words or like, man, this person has this many followers or whatever, uh, this many views on this type of video. And then you start then imitating those people. So just be kind of cautious of what you're, what, again, what you're consuming with making sure that it doesn't turn into who you are. You know, there, are, for a long time, there have been like these big fitness um, accounts on YouTube. And a lot of people are like, oh, I, do you get inspiration from them? And I just try not to watch other people's content because then I think, oh, I should do this or this worked for them. Maybe it will work for me. And I start then just becoming like an imitator of someone else. So make sure that whatever you're passionate about, if it's gaming, if it's knitting, if it's fitness, you're presenting it because you're passionate and because you want to provide value to people that are also passionate about that. And you're doing it in your own way and not just trying to, to imitate or hit the, hit the hot words all the time. I think that's something that can get very like uh, a little uncomfortable for people if you're always, always, always doing a fat burning hit workout or you're always, always, always doing the best butt ever workout, you know? Um, yeah. So just stay authentic to yourself and remember that it's, yes, it is about you creating and having an outlet, but it's also, you're putting it out there for people to consume. So are they getting value out of what you're putting out there? If it's entertainment, if it's, you know, fitness, if it's DIY, how to, whatever it is, you're genu genuinely serving people. So make sure it comes back to that. Or for me, that's what I think. I love that. And then your second question was about growth. Like a, more of a growth SEO type of tip. Okay. So for growth, <laughs> for us, I believe in the beginning, we, I had a question a while ago on, on another podcast and they were like, why did you go into fitness? It's so saturated. And I think every industry is saturated. We have to first acknowledge like every single industry is saturated. There are a million podcasts. There are a million fitness channels. We're all still doing what we love though. So the growth mindset for us in the beginning was, yeah, we do need to do something that's going to set us apart somehow. 
And that's where we took inspiration from Casey Neistat with the daily vlogs. When he used to do that, um, we were like, why don't we turn into the daily fitness vlog and just have a real-time workout, be very real, and then just keep uploading with consistency at the same time. So I think consistency was one of our biggest um, growth factors in the beginning, knowing we're going to post at this time of the day, you're going to see a workout from me, and I'm going to be here each day of the week with a program. So you know, if you follow day by day, you're not just senselessly like picking random things that don't make sense. Like it's a trainer has set this up for you. You've got six workouts. Maybe you take a couple days off in there. That's fine. And you've got a stretch day on Sunday. So in the beginning, it was a lot, a lot, a lot of consistency, but also really listening to people and being in the comments every single day. Back when I could keep up with the comments, I'm like, what do you like? What's not working for you? What is something that's great? What's something that's like, I don't really like that. That doesn't mesh with me. And we just learned to listen to people. I would always thank them for letting me be their trainer because it's in-person personal training. I had to beg people to let me train them. It, it was yeah. a investment of money. And now it's just an investment of people's time. And I know they could choose to do other things. So genuinely grateful to be able to train people that want to show up. But also just listening, like a, a good example of listening to people in the beginning was when we first started, we started doing YouTube uploads that I thought people would add on to their gym workouts, like five minute abs or 10 minute legs, five minute hit, whatever it was. And the longer ones tended to get more attention, like 10 minutes compared to five. And people started asking like, can you do a whole workout instead of just 10 minutes? Like we'd love to actually work out with you in real time. So that's where the longer workouts came. And they, like we did a 30 minute workout and we'd watch analytics constantly and 30 minutes was doing better than everything else. And we do a 40 minute and that was doing better. And so the analytics, uh, like we were really deep in the analytics of what people responded to and what they didn't. Um, we've never done any paid advertising, but we just listen a lot and watch the numbers a lot and, and respond to people and make sure that again, it's, it's all about for us providing value to people. So Another example was when I first started, uh, I was training people and I would say, we're going to do three rounds of 15 squats. And I would do my 15. I would count out loud. And everyone was like, please stop counting. Like you're going at this pace. I'm going at this pace. It throws me off. We're different paces. That doesn't work. So either don't count out loud or, you know, count out loud a little slower. It was a lot of feedback like that. So that's where I shifted into all timed intervals of just like you work for 45 seconds. I'll work for 45 seconds. We'll accomplish that together and then we'll move on. So growth, uh, it's different for everyone. You know, everyone has a different personality. Everyone has a different uh, connection with their community. Everyone has a different motive for why they even created the channel. But uh, watch, watch what people respond to and how can you add more value to them and be consistent. When you say you're going to upload every day, upload every day. When you say you're going to upload once a week, upload once a week and hype it up around that. Like this is going to be so entertaining for you, or this is going to be a great workout for you, um, whatever it might be. Yeah. And it sounds like just paying attention because if I was someone who loved your workouts, but hated that you counted because it threw me off and you never listened, replied or changed mm -hmm. that, yeah. I probably would have found someone else to work out with because that's not going away and it bothers me. Right. So yeah. it sounds like really just listening and actually reading the comments and actually watching the numbers. Like you said, the 10 minute videos were doing better and the comments said, can you do longer ones? So that's what you did. So yeah. I think that's really smart. I think a lot of people 
especially in the fitness community because they're just like, oh, 10-minute abs, 10-minute booty, whatever. It's like they're just going about their day not really – you know, they have their technique and that's it. But you still listen. And that also helps create community as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, another thing that was just when you were saying that about like the 15 reps, I think also you have to understand that you're never going to make everybody happy. So there is kind of like a fine line between listening and responding and taking criticism. Like if it makes sense for you to deserve that uh, or not deserve, but (laughs) no one deserves to be hounded. But if you, if that criticism (laughs) makes sense to where you can say, yeah, there's probably more people that feel that way as well. Like the counting reps that makes sense to me. So I I think don't take criticism always on, on the defense, but listen to people if they're, if they have a valid point and you can maybe switch something that, you hadn't thought of before, especially if you're new in fitness or in YouTube creation, then it makes sense. But also once you start to grow, you do have to recognize that you're still not going to make everyone happy. You're still going to have like the workout styles that, you know, some people don't like, or some people don't like whatever. Um, and it's, it's always going to happen. Like no matter, I don't know if you've heard the saying before, but you could be the ripest, juiciest peach in the patch and someone's still going to hate peaches. Yeah. So, you know, you do have to kind of take that into account as well. Like you're never going to make everyone happy, but if you listen, you're really in it with the mindset of providing value and you're doing the very best you can. I mean, we're all humans too. So I think take that into account as well. Keep doing your best. Don't get down if a video doesn't do well, but listen and, and take criticism and try to shape the presentation maybe if if that is a valid point for you but you know don't be wrecked by a comment on YouTube where someone doesn't like your workout it's it's always going to happen right absolutely okay well let's go into the ending segment fun facts and favorites what is your morning routine oh morning routine I get up take my dog out start going through emails and get some type of like a matcha latte going on (laughs) Love that. Okay, what is your favorite YouTube channel to watch? Oh, or a favorite few YouTube channel. That's a hard one. You could give a few. <laughs> um, I like fitness influence or not fitness influencers, but I like people that are doing very similar things to me. Um, I like podcasts. I like a podcast where you can see the podcast being filmed and you can listen to it. Um, I like even some of the the like transformation stories. I like the motivational stories. It's different depending on the day for me. I don't know specifically like one off the top of my head, but whatever you need for the day. Yeah. I think the different people help. Yeah. They help you in different ways each day. Yeah. You bop around a lot. You don't have like your channels that you watch every single day. Yeah. It's different every day. Okay. When do you feel your happiest? Ooh, I feel my happiest when... I am at the beach. <laughs> I love being just like in the sun and being outside. Uh, and then when I kind of am able to engage with my community and just like talk to them and see what they like, see what they're loving, see what I can do to kind of help them uh, learn more about fitness and just loving themselves and, and truly appreciating the journey. Yeah. Where do you live? Do you live near a beach? Uh, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. So mm. we live near a lake. So <laughs> Lake Norman area, but we're about three hours from the beach. Got it. Okay. Lastly, what would be your last meal on earth? Oh, man. Picked a good time to ask that because I am hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last meal on earth. I would say some type of like uh, Asian food, like sushi, stir fry. Um, 
I love Mexican as well. So maybe like a side of chips and salsa. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It's all kinds of different foods. I know that's not a satisfying answer. I'll say uh, Asian food in general. You could have a spread. You shouldn't have to like be locked down to one thing on your last meal. Okay. Well, here's my, here's my spread. I'll have sushi. I'll have chips and salsa. I'll have a little like warm chocolate chip cookie and um, maybe like a margarita. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that sounds great. That's a lot. <laughs> okay. Where can the people find you? Um, you can find me on YouTube, daily workouts every single day for free at Sydney Cummings is my YouTube channel, uh, Instagram at Sydney Cummings underscore. Our website is royalchange.fit where all of our programs and merchandise are. And then Facebook, just Sydney Cummings. Thank you so much for coming on. I will see you tomorrow morning for a workout. You won't see me, but I'll be, I'll be over here cheering you on. Absolutely. I can't wait to work out with you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.